Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamek Berto is your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Great interviews again. Man, we t- got 40 interviews out or so out of Netroots Nation. So we have interview after interview, but all substantive, all very substantive interviews that we kind of piecemeal them on you as the time goes on. I hope you're enjoying it. From the emails that I'm getting it, you sure seem to be enjoying these great interviews. Anyhow, Yvette Avery Herod, how are you doing? Welcome to the PDR Posse, my dear beautiful lady, Bridge MCP, our PDR Posse leader. Michael Rudnan is in the house and he says, Egberto, I filled you up again. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't decide which one to go with. Senor Paul Fleming. Has some good info for us as well. Welcome, Paul Fleming. Jeffrey Barkdahl. Jeffrey Barkdahl, how you doing, my brother? Paul Fleming, Bridge MCP. Let's see who else is in the house. Alistair Waters said she's driving. Keep your eyes on the road, my beautiful lady. We want to make sure you get wherever you're going safely. And, of course, we got AVQ. El Senor Michael Rodnan and Deb Denny is in the house. How you doing, Deb Denny? Melanie Keelan has just stepped in from España, Barcelona, España. Barcelona, Spain is how it says here. Welcome to the show. Great to have all our wonderful people here. If before, please make sure the first thing you do, if you are on Facebook, please give us a like. If you are on YouTube, please remember, give us that thumbs up. We need you. My daughter is typing. There you go, girlfriend. Tell your daughter we say hi. Welcome to the show, Alistair Eve's daughter. How are you doing, Alistair Eve's daughter? You know, your mother is a wonderful lady. So remember that. Be nice to her. That's what we all try. We, we try to be good parents. We all try to be. Starting, The Guardian. Do not drink the water. Jackson Water Facility fails after flooding in Mississippi. Mississippi capital Jackson will go without reliable water indefinitely, officials say, after pumps at the main station treatment plant failed on Monday, leading to the emergency distribution of bottled water and tanker trucks for 180,000 people. The city linked the failure to the complications from flooding of the Pearl River, but Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves, who declared a state of emergency, said the cause was unknown and that city-run water treatment plant had been poorly operated and understaffed for years. Jackson is more than 80% black or African-American, according to U.S. Census. The city and state were both distributing bottled water and non-portable water for toilets, which is the governor called a massively complicated logistical task. That, that governor that they have is one of the most evil governors with a smile you would ever see. You listen to his words and you look at his face. You'll never think such an evil could emanate from a youthful-looking guy that talks as if he cares, but cares not a damn thing about women, cares not a damn thing about most of his population. And that I've stated after writing several articles about that Governor Tate. The Guardian again, major sea level rise caused by melting Greenland ice cap. I spoke about that yesterday. Is now inevitable. The loss will contribute to a minimum of 27 centimeters, 10.6 inches, regardless of what climate action is taken. Scientists discover the research shows the global heating to date will cause an absolute minimum sea level rise of 10.6 inches from Greenland alone as 110 tons, whatever tons of ice melts. That is trillions, right? Uh, I'm not going to read the whole one of that one But let me just say I I want to articulate on this But let me just read what he says Our future Or rather Our brother says Our future does not 
Look, bright climate models have routinely underestimated sea level rise. This keeps up multimeter sea level rise expected due to the direct impact of accelerating global warming between sea level rise and a swath of Earth becoming too hot to live in. Over a billion climate refugees will occur. And we have to remember, as you get a larger, as the sea level rises, right, the surface area of water increases, right? Because, again, it's a globe, and as the water level increases, the diameter of the globe increases, right, of, 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 of surface of water. And when that increases, I should say the radius, when that increases, right, because you're at a higher radius now, meaning in a, in a sphere, it's a larger area, you get more evaporation, more moisture in the air. And what does that cause? Bigger floods, bigger hurricanes, bigger, all these different things. But there is... Yet something else as well with all our, you know, flooding and, and increase in, in Greenland. Remember an important factor. If ice is already in the water and floating, then there's no rise in, in, the, in, in uh, the ocean from that melting ice. However, well, substantially that is because the temperature after 4 degrees, uh, water expands. But if water is melting from land. That is a direct increase in sea level. And that's what's happening in Greenland as opposed to other places where floating ice is melting. Big difference. All right. Third item from, uh, I mean, uh, from Rodnan. Come on. California imp- uh, approves landmark bill to give fast food workers more power. The bill will create a new 10-member fast food council with equal numbers of workers, delegates, and employers. That is similar to Germany along with two state officials empowered to set minimum standards for wages, hours, and working conditions in California. A late amendment would cap any minimum wage increase for fast food workers at chains with more than 100 restaurants at $22 an hour next year, compared with the statewide minimum of 15.5 an hour, which cost of living increases thereafter. A survey of fast food workers, Los Angeles, published by UCLA Labor Center, January 4th. I love this. I love this. Finally, workers getting somehow closer to a, 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 a living wage, even though in California, some parts, you still can't live on that. Just about everybody in the house has to be working. Uh, are we, as a nation, going to uphold FDR's vision of uplifting people out of poverty through decent w- wages where we approach a minimum wage as a living wage? I think so, Radnan. I think we are... We are going to get that if we get progressives elected. If we continue to elect conservatives, which means conserve whatever the wealthy has, no. But I think we're moving from that. That's why, as I heard, of, I finally heard a congressperson said, not only are we going to win the House, but we are going to increase our numbers in the House. They're coming in line with my beliefs. I honestly believe we get at least 53 senators and we get at least at a plus three in the house. When I say a plus three, I mean plus three from where we are right now. A lot of people don't believe it. They, for, they say, oh, well, Biden is at 44. Obama was at 44. And at those same times, Obama was decimated in 2010. That could happen to Biden? Not a chance. Uh, Obama, when he was at 44, he was on the way down. Biden at 44 is at, on the way up. Very big difference. Very big difference, and he's, on, he's doing a speech right now, and he's doing stuff that Democrats have not done. 
Obama didn't do it, he's letting the Republicans have it for the evil that they, the, the Republican leaders have it for the evil that has emanated out of their policies, out of their mouth, and he's letting America know that they have supported nothing that helped America. They voted no for all these other issues. All right, I'm gonna. I gotta get to my video, so I'm. I'm gonna let that one slide. But uh, the good thing, uh, brother Rudnan put all that stuff in the links to that stuff. So please, guys, look at what our brother has researched. Afghanistan was uh, prominent on the news today, so I'm not gonna read that one out. Okay. Alistair says her daughter is typing, so we don't have to worry about accidents. Uh, Daniel Lado says the water pumps are racist. Mm, okay. You boy, you really have a problem, my dear brother. But that's okay. Uh, let's see what else we got. Nanette Bird Smith is in the house. Welcome aboard. Daniel Edosa, I wonder how a humanist like Egberto believes in evil. If he believes in evil, it isn't a humanist. I suspect he uses the word to manipulate, not because he actually believes it exists. I suggest you look for the definition of humanist because human, humanism, first of all, does not preclude the, the, the spirituality or does not preclude being uh, somewhat faithful to any particular religion. I suggest you look up the word humanist. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to repeat what uh, Alistair Water just said, but we have Alistair Eve says, Egberto, my mom needs the link for the T-shirt from Netroots. I need to find that Alistair Water's daughter. Um, I couldn't find I did look for it, though. But Alistair, you're, 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 um, I got to find it. I'm, I'm going to see if I can find it for you. But, I, you know, um, Bridge MCP promised she was going to look for that link on the back of the shirt. I don't have a shirt. I gave it all away. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, Eve, really, Egberto is always telling us he's not religious, but is a humanist. Is he lying? No, I am a humanist. I'm not religious at all. You don't have to be religious to believe in evil. Thank you very much, Alistair. Anyhow, let's go with our first interview. This, this woman impressed me. Esther, her name is Esther Charles. The vid, we put the lapel mic on her and somehow it fell off. So I, sometimes the, the, the overpowering noise in the room may get a little bit. So listen to her attentively. But I love her spirit. I love what she did. Check this out and then we will take it on the other side. Let's see. Esther Charleston. Welcome to Politics Done Right live from, where again, Netroots Nation 2022. And I'm here, actually I'm honored to be here with Esther Charleston because Esther has done something that actually quite impressed me. Esther, tell us a little about yourself and welcome to Politics Done Right. Oh, it's an honor to be here. So yes, I moved to Vermont three years ago uh-huh. and ran for political office and I was top vote getter. So I am a Middlebury Select Board member. And what that means is my town, we don't have a mayor. Right. We have seven people who are elected and make decisions for the town. Right. I am one of the seven. And I, I tell you what, and I, you know, my, I'm very frank with my audience. Yeah. And uh, all of the time they know me, uh, you know, I have a very diverse audience. Uh, and um, we talk about Vermont and, and, and we talk about America and all of that. And I was just so impressed to see that in, in, in such a, a very white state that is that is not at 
all diverse that someone like yourself can go into that state and because of who you are win an election i think that is something that needs to be that needs to be taught you know i, I mean and and one of the reasons i wanted you on as soon as you told me that story it, no, I, I am serious it is you we have to teach everyone how to adapt to an environment where they can actually be their their better selves and perform yes talk to me so i just always had the intention to make someplace home and to be an active member of my community right i have two children and i was like wherever i call home i will make sure that i'm a part of it right so i sought out opportunities to be a part so i did that by joining a church by meeting different people and then it was a friend of mine that told me hey we have the select board i said select what i don't know what you're talking about and mm -hmm. she said why don't you consider running and i said absolutely and i wasn't afraid to lose right i wasn't afraid to have the answer be no and i put my heart and soul into it and the answer was a resounding yes and i understand that you were the top vote getter yes this past march i was the top vote getter no how did you feel after doing that in a vermont I, honestly honestly i was i was so proud i was proud because i thought about how hard my parents worked mm -hmm. they are haitian immigrants came here looking for a better life mm -hmm. and i thought about my ancestors my family values and how i can make a difference right we can make a difference if we want to you know i think it's important we we have to understand the problems that we know uh, our hue creates but at the same time we should never make our hue be an impediment to moving forward that's what i saw when when you came and said hey this is what i did and it was like wow so i mean uh, first of all thank you for that now tell me a little bit about what will you tell others that they should do uh you know to get out i mean not to forget how things are but how to make how things will be yes I think it's important to do the work in yourself. This is right. hard. Mm -hmm. Putting yourself out there is hard. Being secure in who you are, what you're about is so important. And knowing that there's hope. Mm -hmm. Believing that there's hope even if it doesn't seem like it. Because if I were to tell a friend of mine, I'm moving to Vermont and I'm going to run for political office in three years they would look at me and say i'm crazy um i'm a political guy i would look at you and tell you you're crazy <laughs> but i said you know what i'm not gonna let that stop me i'm right. gonna honestly talk to people right. about my experiences listen to their experiences and be there meet people where they are and because i did that i met people where they were and they heard me and they said you know what I wanna. I want you to speak on our behalf. I said that. You know, I I, I I was just kidding because I live in very very red in a very very red Texas in a very red red area of Houston. So no, I believe exactly what you just said. I was playing when I said I would have said you're crazy. What I would <laughs> what I would have told you is I uh, go get them. Yeah. Okay, that's what I would. I, I really and 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 seeing seeing you go get them and I don't mean go get them in a negative form. I mean go get them in a positive form in that I'm gonna go do what I need to do for my community and people and, and generally speaking I think people see that and I think because they saw that 
is the reason why you were elected. I honestly think the reason they see that is the reason you were elected. So um, give me a closing statement. Yeah. I'm going to run and be a governor of Vermont, so don't forget that. Well, I said a closing statement because there's one other question after that. Okay. And it goes like this. What would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't? It's always one that that knocks people. So, I mean, don't feel too badly that you had to pause for a while. No, not at all. I think my why. Mm -hmm. What's your why? My children. Great. Knowing that I can be a part of something bigger and set up generations that come after me. Esther Charleston, thank you so kindly for a wonderful interview. And keep up the good work, Governor Charleston. I really enjoyed speaking to the next governor of, or the future governor of Vermont, Esther Charleston. Uh, let me just say, uh, first of all, um, it was my fault. The, the mic, I, had, I didn't notice that the mic fell off of her. What I did is I brought up her volume. I, I went and did some audio processing, Wade, to bring up her volume. It wasn't an equalizer issue. It was actually a mic missing issue, that, a mic that was there that simply seemed to have fell, fallen off her lapel. Let me just say, I actually processed it and took out all the background sound and had her voice and my voice only, but it sounded terrible because extracting all the other voices made her voice sound like tin and it was it was just terrible it sounded better with the noise in the background so anyhow um let's see what else i gotta do here daniel is still complaining about me using the word evil evil simply meaning the person is doing bad things and hurting people not any mystic thing coming out of a religious meaning of the word evil evil just means he's doing bad things he's an evil person because he does bad things that hurt people and Paul Fleming had an interesting piece inside of my my um, my uh, Instagram, not Instagram, instant messaging. He pointed out, breaking, Google has removed Truth Social from the Google Play Store due to their lack of moderation of violent content, including users openly planning to overthrow the U.S. government. It's about time. We have to be tough on those terrorists. We cannot allow American, the, the American Taliban, the American terrorists, to take over our wonderful country in which at least 70% of people want to live a nice, democratic uh, life. We can't allow those criminals to do that. So uh, one by one, we have to take out those things that are going to make life difficult for most of us. Um, thank you very much for pointing that out, Brother Fleming. All right, we got... Uh, what else we got here? We have... Uh, Bridge MCP says, come on, guys, give those thumbs up. Uh, Bridge says, she's cool. Whoa, Egberto Willis, you're good, smart man. Oh, well, thank you. Love you, girl. Uh, that's homophobic Bay Gate. Oh, no, she's not. Mike Cisak says, so Egberto doesn't believe in the First Amendment. You bet I believe in the First Amendment. But even the First Amendment has limits. You can't go into a, a, a darn theater and call fire get a lot of people hurt, it's that the First Amendment does not protect you from that in the least. Anyhow, great interview now with Vic Usumeri, who had, who knows both healthcare systems. And even though he's a very diplomatic guy, we got him to tell the truth. Check this out. We'll then take it on the 
other side. Welcome to our first edition of Politics Done Right Outside of Netroots, or rather in the Netroots Nation Conference here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And as our first guest today, we have Vic Yuzumary. Vic Yuzumary. I noticed I paused because I wanted to make sure to get Yuzumary correctly. Vic, welcome to Politics Done Right. Thank you. Hey, Vic, um, we, we've, we're here trying to... Uh, Unite folks here on the prog- in the progressive uh, domain and, and learn about different policies, etc. And one of the things that I've been very interested in is healthcare. Mm-hmm. Now, you are, I, I call you an expert because you've lived in both systems. You've lived in the American healthcare system and you've lived the Canadian healthcare system. First of all, just an absolute term, which is the better system? Um, like every business system and right. I, and I'd characterize these as business systems. I right. mean, we tend to put magic in there that's it's magical healthcare, medicine, uh, Ouija board and all kinds of right. stuff. They re- they really are trying to cr- uh, deliver systematically deliver healthcare services to the population. So, in America American uh, has US has one system. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canada has another system. There are probably 30 other right. systems. In NHS in, in, in Great Britain. Well, the OECD countries, there's, right. there's 32 countries and 32 different variety right. flavors of the system. Right. So it's a system. So I don't, I've never, my background is I taught business operations management supply chain for a long time, decades. And business systems are never, you never take a business system against another business system and say one is better. You can't. Parts of one are are much better than mm-hmm. another, and it'll flip the other way. Now, some cases, um, a lot more parts may be good in one system than are good in another. Mm-hmm. In which case, you strong form a strong uh, appreciation for the system you think has more good parts. No, I, I want to. I want to. And Canada, Canada is the one I would say has more on balance, has more good, well thought out pieces of the puzzle than the United States. You're a very diplomatic person is what I I will say, because I I look as an, both of us are engineers, but as a more, I guess, absolute engineer, I would look and I said, I look at outcomes. And if you look at the outcomes from one system over the other in the aggregate, just about every single system in the OCD, OECD comes out. Outperforms the United States. The United States. Yes. And I think that is, that gives, that's a, in my opinion, that's the answer that we, well, we, we look for. I, I agree. I mean, if if you ask me which would I personally prefer mm-hmm. to live with, the answer would be the Canadian system. Now, you told me a story that, that kind of boggled my mind. And first of all, we we're going to sort of touch on your wife's story, just in, as it relates to healthcare. But you mentioned something that, to me, uh, I when I heard it, it, I just didn't think about. You said when you go to a doctor. Or you seek healthcare in Canada, money never comes up as a topic. That's correct. Um, the closest, uh, let's see if I can fish it out. Um, the closest it comes is this card. card. I mean, this is this might as well, for all per- intents and purposes, might right. be might as well be a Visa or Mastercard. Right. I right. mean, it has it does exactly the same thing. So whenever you need health, you go into a bar 
you talk to the bartender, you get your drink, you have your meal, you chat with your friends, you, you chat with the bartender, they give you service, do all that stuff. The only money you talk to a bartender is when they bi- bring you the bill and you hand them their, your visa card. Right. Okay. Think that experience, and that's the Canadian experience. So they give you health care, and you provide that as the you, pr- you up front. You up walk front. in. You walk in. You walk in, and they need to know who you are. That's your ID card. That's your ID. So, and at least where I am downtown Toronto, um, all of my records are electronic. Right. So when my family pra- uh, practitioner sends me for a test. I go, I go to, uh, to get the test, I show my card. Well, that card allows them to look up my medical records before the test. Right. I mean, all that stuff is organized. It's all tied around. And the key is that it's a single point, point of truth right. about who I am and where the money's coming from. Exactly. Exactly. And there's a big concept in business about when you build business systems is establishing a single point of truth. That is one place you can always go reliably to and get the facts. And everybody can do it, so everybody can be on the same page. Unlike our system where one particular doctor, any patient comes in, he has to have a staff to tell him exactly what insurance company are you with and call them up, see what's covered. That's Right. No, and that that to me is the fundamental flaw and inefficiency in the the U.S. system. The U.S. system spends 25 to 35 percent of of its health care dollar. On administration. Not on administration. Trying to figure out who to stick the bill to. Right, right, right. I mean, it's not about paying the bill. It's not about delivering a service. There's nothing in there other than... Everybody's scurrying around like rats right. in, a, in a maze trying to figure out who's going to be the unlucky soul that gets stuck with a bill. The bill. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole, that's, that's almost a third, quarter to a third mm-hmm. of the total health care expenditure in the United States. Canada does not have that right. at all. Right. All right. So right there is any, any medical service you want to provide in Canada you know, there's, there's minor stuff around the edges, but in theory, it's going to be 25 to 30 percent cheaper. Right. Just because that cost is not part of the equation at all. That is, that is him. So tell us a little bit about your recent experience okay. that probably would have bankrupted somebody here in the United States, and you had it in Canada. Well, the we just moved. My wife and I just moved from Atlanta. I mean, my background is I spent 20 years teaching at Auburn University. Mm-hmm. Then I took early retirement and lived for the past decade in, in uh, Atlanta, downtown Atlanta. And then last, uh, last August, we sold our, our condo mm-hmm. um, and moved to Toronto. And right. Both my wife and I are Canadian citizens, well, mm-hmm. natives. We were born there. Mm-hmm. So we were able to move back. Were you American citizens too? Or yes, resident? Yeah. we're both. We're, we're dual. Okay. Uh, because we over 35 years in the United States, I'd become naturalized. Right. And but. You don't throw away, you know, don't change where you're born. So I'm still a Canadian citizen. So I was able to move back pretty seamlessly. Um, And to get health care, to get that little card, um, the only really bureaucratic thing I had to do is we had to have we had to have a permanent place to live because mm. it's based on you on where your, your residence right yeah, each like, province have a it's each one has right. it and and plus all the paperwork has to go somewhere they have to have a place to mail you and so on so 
uh, it wasn't even when we moved into an apartment. It's when I had the signed lease from the apartment. Right. I was able to go down to Service Ontario, the government office with one-stop shopping, show them the signed lease, and they handed me, you know, the equivalent of a temporary driver's license. They right. handed me a sheet of paper, which was my temporary health card. Had right. the code that mattered. Right. The card didn't matter. The code did. And two weeks later, the plastic card right. showed up in my mailbox. That's it. And now you are a covered citizen. I was covered from the moment I got that piece of paper with my code number on it. Right. The temp. And then you can go. You can go get health care. I can walk into any. Um, uh, they have a system there. I, basically, it's all run through. Um, now, in the U.S., my wife and I were first in the in, in downtown Atlanta. We were mm -hmm. in the Emory healthcare system. Mm -hmm. I had U.S. pensions and have very good, you know, Medicare Part right. A, B, C, D, and and supplemental from the last one was Humana. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were well covered right. in the states, and I was in the uh, Emory system, and then in the Piedmont system in downtown Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, and within those systems, we could sort of get anything we right. wanted. With that card, with the Ontario card, I can walk, um, I go to my my family practice. You, they assign you, you have to have a family practice. Mm -hmm. You have to have a quarterback. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you do when you get the card, or even when you get the code number, mm -hmm. is phone a... Um, uh, exchange or exchange and they say they take your information and say okay and then they go look for a family practice right. practitioner and they say very clearly up front if you don't like them just call back and we'll get you another right i mean it's not like we're sticking them but here here's one we think you know the one we have right now is a five minute walk right um you know those are, they had that criteria and so my wife and i each have our own family practice right. and everything goes through them right and they can, anything I need in the way of uh, services or um, diagnostics or testing or anything like that, um, if it makes medical sense, then he, right. he just writes a referral and boom, it's done. Right. When I go to get the test, I just show my card. Right. They knock it off. There's never a conversation about money. Right. There's never a conversation about bureaucracy right the only bureaucracy you and i've encountered in the canadian system is bureaucracy if it had a specific medical meaning right and requirement it was a, it was exactly I, I get exactly what you're talking about you know there there's a reason for that bureaucracy. yeah we're, we, when you're arguing over when you're talking about when will i get another appointment the right. other appointment is well when will it make medical sense right for you to come back don't no point coming back in two days nothing will have changed right uh, that so to be in a to go from the emory, emory and the piedmont system which are very sophisticated systems right I mean, those are probably right at the top of u.s medicine right uh, business practices right um to to canada and um it's just so clean and simple right and because it's all through the same system my records are available to everybody I go to. I don't have to. I don't have to make. You don't have to fill out a whole they list. They already of have them. Efficiency. If they've got my code, they've got they've got the access, and they already have. I code. tell you something that 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 they use in the United States to dissuade people from doing things like that. Right? They like to use this thing called privacy. 
not realizing, you know, oh, that's in having your records centralized like that is. Uh, well, you got to trade off. You got to trap. Right. You can you can hide your medical condition from your doctors. Right. And you can be confident that they will not know. Right. Uh, what you've had and where you've had it and what's right. happened. Um, and then they can make a mistake and kill you. And that's what people don't understand. But the other thing that they talk about with privacy is that, well, if, if everybody has your records, they can actually see it. And, and to my thing is the only reason to hide your medical records in the United States system is to, to sort of con the system so that they don't know. Some entity doesn't find out that you had something. Before yeah, if you're running a, a really good, if you're condition. running a really good social security scam. Right. Then that kind of privacy makes a hell of a lot of sense. I'd be all for it. Exactly. I mean, every social security scammer. I mean, but that, that's when I say business systems, you got the same business system issues in right. every other business system. Exactly. Exactly. You know, but did the supplier really put stuff in the container before they shipped it or did it drop in the ocean? Anyway, Vic, I, I want to before we're, we close here, I want to go over that story about your wife. OK, so let's go ahead and talk about. You, something happened recently. Just tell us that sequence. Yeah, this is this is at, after we arrived in Canada, and my wife, um, she, my wife went to her family practice, right, and and said she was told she really needed to have uh, it was time to have some diagnostic. There were some signs and stuff like that. Uh, family practice doctor uh, pushed her mm-hmm. to go get the diagnostics. And set everything up. It was all done. I mean, boom, 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 boom. She went, got the diagnostics. They found a, they found an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it was going to require some fairly serious surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, the next step is the lab that found the surgery. The doctor at the lab that found the surgery had already uh, went straight ahead and made um, a uh, referral. Mm-hmm. And where we are, we're very fortunate. There are five major research teaching hospitals mm-hmm. within a within a five minute drive. Wow! So I mean, they 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 just went around all these great hospitals and said, "Okay, who's got an opening?" Oh, okay, over there. My wife went there. Mm-hmm. Turns out the doctor is probably top twenty, top fifty in North America. Wow! Um, young guy. I mean, forties, sharp as a tack, mm-hmm. really nice. Um, and his performance was absolutely professional. Mm-hmm. I mean, as good as you, Emory and Piedmont would die and go to heaven if they could deliver that service. Right, right. It, and that, and you got some of the best insurance here in the United States, and it turns out that this ins- this that's going to cost you nothing. Well, uh, as I said, other than your taxes, Piedmont, or, Piedmont or Emory, on a on their best on their best day would have equaled what we got. Imagine that. Um, we, she went into hospital, she had surgery actually before that he, he wanted to be certain of the diagnosis. So she had full blood workup, ultrasound, MRI, CAT scan, whole everything. Boom. It took him about two weeks to get it all scheduled. Um, he looked at everything, took it to a, a team in, in one of the hospitals where they actually review mm-hmm. these cases as a group. And, uh, you know, so they get input from multiple eyes mm-hmm. on the problem. Came up with a plan, uh, involved surgery, mm-hmm. booked her into, uh, into a hospital. She went in. She had the surgery. She stayed three days. 
uh, uh, went home. She got 10 visits from a home um, support nurse, RN. Just a follow-up. Make sure that, that follow-up after the surgery, the surgery was going well, there was no infection, yada, yada, yada. Um, and she has regular appointments with a follow-up nurse at the hospital every couple of months now scheduled out mm -hmm. for life. Mm -hmm. um, as long as she wants them, as long as she needs them, she can have them. Mm -hmm. She can just go there. Total cost. Zero. Out of pocket. And, no, sorry. It's not total cost a lot more. Out of pocket to us, zero. zero. But the truth, and then one of the things that I asked you, and we're coming close to the time that we have to close, but one of the things that I asked you was, uh, hey, Vic, but did, uh, isn't your, aren't your taxes a hell of a lot more than in the United States? And your answer was a bit surprising. Well, it, it, it's hard to tell, but it's not hugely different. I mean, because first of all, the moment we came to Canada, I was able to drop the Medicare Part B and the Humana Extended Health that, right. that I was doing through my pension plan. So right there is about 500 U.S. a month. A month that you uh, don't pay at all. That I don't pay at all. Gone. Gone. Um, now, are my taxes higher than that? Because of our my situation, it's actually a little hard. I have some business losses in a previous year. Right. Carrying, they carry in the States. They don't apply in Canada. So I'll probably know next year. My sense is I'll pay a little more in Canada. Right. But for what it's worth, but not, not remotely. Um, you know, it, it won't be egregious in any way. Right. And, uh, the net effect is, but the peace of mind, the peace of mind. And do you know that you can get the service when you want the service? So the fallacy that you have to wait I tell people here in the United States, try to make an appointment with a specialist here in the U.S. Sometimes you're months away from being able to see a specialist. Mm -hmm. uh, so, well, you'll uh, be months away from seeing a specialist if it's, a, if it's an elective situation it's an elect in yeah. Canada. I mean, right. specialists for elective sur surgery are scarce everywhere in the world. Right. Um, so you're going to get that. And you know, your mileage may vary. I mean, my, mo my mother had a hip replacement and they made her wait six months, four or five of those months, she was doing rehab. Right. Now, either that rehab was to... Uh, See if she really needed it after all. Yeah. I mean, was either was either to sort of a sneaky way of rationing the care. Right. Or it was just damn good medicine. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't know which one it is. Right, I'm not going right, to say. Right. Overall, my, sen my sense is financially on the medical side, we're going to be close to a wash or somewhere reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it allows the system that's been built, which has its weaknesses. I mean, right. there's some areas that Canadians, Canadians bitch about their healthcare system. Right. Everybody. Well, the only thing is when they do survey, if you do a survey of Canadians and say, do you, you know, are you satisfied with healthcare? They'll say no. If you ask them another question, would you trade your healthcare for the U.S.? The answer is hell no. <laughs> no, no, no. And I think that is where we ended. Vic. Thank you so kindly for being Take a care. part of Politics and Right. I've enjoyed it. Absolutely. So anyhow, I got to do my quick ask, folk. Politics and Right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the Internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not 
misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure, again, that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash and folks, please don't forget to continue to support. Uh, please continue to support our um, our YouTube, or rather, our GoFundMe for the trip that we took to where we're we're getting all this multitude of great interviews at uh, politicsandright.com/netroots. Again, that is politicsandright.com/netroots. Uh, Bridge MCP wants me to put something on the screen. I I I am using a different method for the screen, so I think I can do it without the flickering. There you go, Bridge. The evolution of medicine. It went from that sign all the way to dollar signs. I I I love that meme. And by the way, let let's let's give a brother a brother um, a Lado an education because he's he, he's he's. He continues to just believe that evil has some mystical value only. Here's the definition. Adjective when used as an adjective. Immoral and wicked. Other definitions. Profound immorality or wickedness. If you want to make it more less, less, uh, less whatever, you can also say something which is harmful or undesirable. All of that is the, different, is the definitions of evil from Webster. So therefore, uh, I don't know what got into Brother Lado, who somehow believes that somebody using the word evil has to mean they're religious or otherwise. It's not the case, Mr. Lado. Um, I Later on, I'm going to take up this article, which was brought to us from uh, uh, Alistair Waters, which is Reform Austin, was uh, most Texans pay more in taxes than Californians. Actually... Uh, I, I've got. I may have to leave this for tomorrow because I got to play the, the other interview, and then we'll take it on the other side. So let's go ahead and play the other interview, and we'll take it on the other side. We're here at Netroots Nation 2022, Pittsburgh, PA. Politics done right, once again, coming live today. I'm, I'm honored to be with Adam Green. Adam Green is one of the co-founders of Bold Progressive. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing okay, doing okay. Well, look, before we even get started, what I'd like to do is learn a little bit about the person. Tell me a little bit, who is Adam Green? Who is that? That's such a complicated question. I know, that's the reason yes. I asked. Well, first of all, Adam Green is hilarious. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Adam, Adam Green, that's interesting. Um, 
you know, politically speaking, right. Adam Green had <laughs> his uh, foundational moment in South Dakota right. many years ago on a campaign where um, I was just this, this novice political person who happened to stumble in the situation right. where little guy family farmers were attacked by big corporations. Right. And part of my job during the campaign was to talk to them and help them express themselves at these press conferences. And what I learned that year was that these very pro-life, pro-gun, evangelical, lifelong Republicans mm -hmm. were willing to cross party lines and vote for a Democrat if economic populism was at the center of everything. If, wow. we, if we fought for the everyday little guy. Right. And, and um, that really is the ethos that I think I live my life by, including right. my political life. Like, let's fight for the little guy and help everyday people stand up to big corporate power. Now, you said it was a political campaign. Would that have been Dean's campaign? Or whose campaign was it then? Well, it was actually a couple of years, I think, before that, it was Before, 2002. Okay, it was a guy gotcha. named Tim Johnson, right, who is running in a 20-point red state, right, it, uh, the year after 9/11, right, uh, where Dem Democrats got decimated, and right. we ended up winning that year by 524 votes because we fought for everyday family farmers who were at threat of having their farms taken over by big ag monopolies, right. and um, you know, I think that's the recipe for political success for and Democrats you know something, right now. And I think I think that's what bold progressive tries to do. You try yeah. to. I, I hate to use sometimes it sometimes when you say educate it seems a bit condescending. So you try to enlighten folks to uh, how best to address their particular yeah. population, correct? Yeah, I think that that's right. And you know, I think part of what you're the solution to is a very broken conventional wisdom right. in Washington. And it, you know, it amazed me during the healthcare fight in 2010. Right. As we were advocating for the public option, which mm -hmm. was by far the most popular provision of the initial yes. bill, right? Even New York Times polling showed that 50% of Republican voters wanted it, right. let alone like 70% of independents and 80% of Democrats. You know, basically a, a nonprofit entity to compete head to head with private insurance right. and create some market forces that bring down costs and give people a better deal. And all these reporters would say to me, why are you asking these Democrats in red states to walk the plank on this liberal issue? Right. And again, I just think back to the South Dakota moment. It's like, this is not out of touch. This is in touch. Like, it, if, if we want to get past some of the cultural divide issues in these red states, the way to do it is to lean hard into economics so that people rally to our side, right? So that just the conventional wisdom, the guidance telling them, you know, the educating, right. telling them, don't do this, it's too liberal, is actually right. giving them very bad political advice, right. which then leads to us losing elections. Right. So I think part of what we're trying to do at Bold Progressives is say, hey, basically run on Elizabeth Warren-style populism right. if you want to win in red or purple areas, not just blue areas. You know, I've seen you on a few of the network shows, and I've seen how they've twisted that message several times, and they do it all of the time. Yeah. And I think a lot, of, a lot of progressives that go on to the national network sometimes, I think, believe that these, that, that these guys just don't understand. I think that they understand just well. I just think that how do you, how do you talk about a public option if uh, if Aetna is, a, is one of your major advertisers, please explain to me. I don't know. Maybe I don't know something. How do you how do you accept what Adam Green is saying on network TV? And I'm not put it. I'm not saying anything bad about these guys. Mm -hmm. They we all have you know who we we we're due to. Yeah. But how could they listen to your your message and and say okay? Yeah, I think it's a great point. It's why I say you're part of the solution, right? And the we, corporate media is fundamentally broken. Right. And whether you're generous or non-generous in you know, the motives you've you know, ascribed to them, it is just a fact that there is not a corporate accountability lens in our media coverage. When bad things happen, the root causes, which often lie in corporate misbehavior, right. are never talked about, right? right? Like, like the, the BP oil spill that happened back in the day. 
Like, where's the accountability? Where was the conversation about, oh, it was this company skirting loose regulations and knowing that there wasn't a cop on the beat right. that allowed them to get to the point where we're polluting the planet, right? And I remember during that moment, I was thinking, like, I'm recycling. Right. How much recycling will I have to do in my lifetime to undo this corporate malfeasance? And that was really never a topic of conversation. It was just like, oh, there's a crisis. Oh, we've had a crisis. But it didn't really define the root cause of the crisis. Right? And, you know, I, I always talk about what corporations do is they, you know, they pollute, they do other things. And then they charge you yeah. uh, to, to clean up the pollution in the long run. They charge you yep. for the health care that you have to get for the pollution caused by the pollution. I mean, it's, it's a vicious yeah. cycle that I think if we had media, I mean, we have spokespeople already. You make a hell of a spokesperson on all these issues. Oh, thank you. The problem, however, is that we don't have a media that, that spreads that message out. When, when I go out live, I go out through one channel that expands into 10 channels. Yeah. One channel to 10. That is what the media is supposed to do to your voice and the active voice of every progressive in here. So my question to you uh, takes, takes it this direction. When are all our leaders in the progressive space, you and many others, are going to see a reason to really promote these types of independent media and let the big boys come to you on your terms? I think that is a key question. And, uh, you know, I think if things had gone different in the 2020 presidential primary, right. we would be in that environment now. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I hope that President Biden is successful at the stuff that he's trying to do. Right. But there is a culture question that comes with who we elect as president and right. eventually, you know, Senate and Democratic leadership in the House and Senate. Um, you know, there is there is kind of a 1994 old school thinking right now mm -hmm. in most of democratic politics in part because a lot of our leaders are so old right nothing against actually them. no no actually you're absolutely right yeah. nancy pelosi and all the and her right. whole gang are right. in the 80s right like why do you, you said the big boys why do the big corporate media mm -hmm. get to ask all the questions to the white house press conferences exactly right um i mean weirdly i mean trump had a bunch of right-wing media in the room yes <laughs> asking questions which yeah. allowed you know him to frame the message that was then put out through the corporate media right, right? Um, I do think that if we get a progressive movement president, and again, unfortunately, there's a seniority system which often gets in the way of this by the House and Senate. I think if we have progressive leadership there, you know, Nick Pelosi does press conferences every week. Right. Who is she calling on? Right. Who is she prioritizing? People, yeah. Who is she invite, inviting into the room? Right. I think if you were asking questions, it would be, be a lot different than, um, you know, Peter Ducey. I won't get into the room. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, well, and that, that, that's a whole issue. Yeah. I mean, at least the right wing bring in some of their news mags and the yeah. OAN folks into the room. But. Uh, the, the the small progressive networks that are asking the real questions, they don't get called on or they, they, they are made to believe that, oh, they are right wing fringe. We are America. Yeah. You take a look at Rick Smith and all these guys. We represent America. Yeah. You know, that's who America really is. Yeah. Well, Adam, um, I always um, ask a very specific question that I want you to take as long or as short as you want it to be. What should I have asked you that I didn't? Well, I gave you an obvious cue in the beginning. Well, let, what's well, the I cue? I said Adam Green is hilarious. You didn't follow up on that. Well, you know what? Ha you didn't Adam, follow up on that, Well, you know what? I, let me, let me tell I you have what? some things I want to get off my chest. Okay, well, get it off your chest. Get <laughs> no, it off your chest. Here's something that I've been uh, yeah. thinking more about, which is comedy and politics together. Right. And, uh, you know, for the last month of the 2020 election, we actually hired on contract 10 comedians, some that right. write for late night shows to kind of be a, what we call a, a virtual writer's room. Right. Where we, we would throw them ideas, things in the news and ask them, just think about this and let us right. know if there's anything kind of funny that would kind of cut through the depression and the noise that's out there. I like that actually. It's a really, I, I think it's, it's 
needed now more than ever. There was an Axios piece three or four weeks ago mm-hmm. that pretty much said that cable news viewership is at a record low. Oh. Now we can analyze why. I think right. there's a general distrust, mm-hmm. but people are just depressed. They're tired. They're, they're tuning out. You know, they don't need an extra insertion of negative stuff in right. peppering their, their brains. And it even said people are looking for distractions. Right. Sports, video games, whatever. Well, my analogy, I don't know if you're a dog person. I haven't had a dog, you had but a not dog? anymore. Same. same. Um, you're familiar with a pill pocket. How do you give a dog its medicine in a pill form? Uh-huh. You make it look like a treat. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, really? It's, okay. it's a little thing that goes around the pill and you give uh-huh. it to the dog and they're happy to eat it. Well, similarly, you know, we've actually taken a few stabs now at comedy videos with some mm-hmm. real A-list heavy hitter celebrities, one around Biden-Harris get out the vote, urging people to vote early in mm-hmm. person when the post office was under attack. The second was around um, the Georgia Senate elections. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, celebrities doing a lot of breaking news hits, right. um, talking about the corruption of the Republican, pres- uh, the Republican Senate candidates, right. which was kind of the key to winning those elections. And then a third one with David Cross from Arrested Development, uh, one-man show, basically around the billionaire's tax when that was kind of hot in the news around Build Back I, Better. I, I like the concept. Yeah, and it, bas- and it basically was like, you know, you watch this four or five minute video of him, you learn a lot about tax loopholes, right. but it's punchline, punchline, punchline. And not only right? that, it's something that you want to keep watching. It's not like, oh, yeah. there it goes depressing again. Yeah, no, yeah. It, bring, it brings a smile to my face helping right. to make it, and it brings a smile to people's face. So we're thinking about, and we're on actually on the cusp of this you know, coming week, right. actually filming our first comedy ad. It will uh, also feature David Cross. It will be around uh, David. It will be around Secretary of State races. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will just preview the first line on your show. Let me hear it. it. It will be an interview where someone asks a Republican Secretary of State candidate, "You know, why are you running for office?" Uh-huh. And they, they will say something to the effect of, "You know, Secretary of State counts the votes." And when Donald Trump first asked me to run for Secretary of State, my reaction was, "Pardon me." No, literally, when he said he would pardon me <laughs> <laughs> after going to the insurrection. I'm, I'm there. I'm yeah, running, party, right? Yeah. right? And the thing is that all these Secretary of State candidates actually were at the insurrection or insurrection adjacent. So they may need a pardon. They need a pardon, right? So we're basically, it's like, oh, ha-ha. Yeah. But it will be threaded with little jokes, but that emphasize, like, we have yeah. these criminal misfits who tried to overthrow the election running to count the votes. Right. That's the core irony right. point. If, if right. people know one thing about Secretary of State, that's the point they need to know, and we want to get across to comedy. So, uh, and you said you, you yeah. funded for 10 of them? Say it again? Did you say you're funded for 10 of I them? I definitely did not say that. So go okay. to boldprogressives.org and chip in if you want to help hey, on these things. you heard it. He's, he's, he's asking <laughs> for funding for these comedy skits, man. It's Give really the man important. the funding. Yeah. Hey, let, let me tell you, when you start putting these things out, make sure politicsdoneright.com and some of our, yeah. these independent guys are right yeah. up there and come back on and let let's, us know what's going on and, and, and okay. start putting all this stuff I, out. I will just say, we broke some news here. This is this has not, not been public until this moment. So. Oh, you see? PDR broke news, guys. That's right. That, that's the way go. it should be done. That's the right. It's a little yeah, teaser. Yeah. You got that's it, right. brother. That's right. That's you got right. it. You that's got right. it. That's the way it's done. That's but right. anyhow, okay. folks, Adam Green, Bold Progressives. Check out boldprogressives.org. Boldprogressives.org. Remember, all these independent progressive organizations, including Politics Done Right, they do need your 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 support if you're going to change America. It starts with guys like Adam Green and many others. And folks Let's like this. Let's get this done. Politics done right, out. I hope you enjoyed that. But, I, you know, I mean, let me tell you what is distressing sometimes. On, But I, I recover immediately. When I have good people like Mike Sisak, good people like Daniel Ledon, all these guys, 
They honestly believe what they are saying, my brothers and sisters. They do. Because there's an institution that works on a particular psychological part of their brains that is susceptible to these particular forms of lies. Let's give an example. All right? Uh, Republicans voted against the $30, uh, the maximum $30 a month insulin that would have given millions of Americans a deal on insulin, something that we've developed long time ago. Okay, long time ago. But no, the drug companies continue to get the bribe of us paying more for insulin than we need to. Your tax dollars, of course, most of the times in, in Medicare. They also voted against Everything having to do with giving Americans health care after they've served the country in Iraq in those burned pits. But they somehow are better for Americans. They prevent us from creating tax breaks for the farmers who are hurt when the big, corpor- the big ag corporations who are supported by both Republicans and neoliberal Democrats... So we have all these entities that are screwing Americans, Republicans and neoliberal Democrats. And then we have the Mike Sisaks of the world saying, you lefties. The lefties who want to give you good health care. The lefties who want to make sure that you can be on your form and be self-sufficient. The lefties who want to do all these things while the Republicans and neoliberal Democrats lie to you. It is just like the slave in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the big house overhears that the leading slave is creating a revolution to end slavery. And he goes and he says, Master, Master, John is going to over, he's, he's trying to get rid of you. And you stop those who would actually help you. Please listen to my programs and go to the, tech, to, the, to, to the links that we provide, to the information that we give, to unchain your minds. I am not doing this because I'm some lefty who just wants to, to hurt you. The people that are hurting you are two groups. Your Republicans who care nothing about you, only about the wealthy. And neoliberal Democrats who are nothing more than Republicans in the Democratic Party to ensure that the lefties don't get to serve you the way we should. That's all. And let me go back to Alistair Waters. I'm going to stay over by another minute. Alistair Waters gave us this stuff about, and, and, and folks don't understand the numbers. Yes, the taxes in California are higher than the taxes in Texas. But what this chart shows for anybody who knows how to read charts, which if we continue to give basic math and educate our citizens appropriately, we would understand. This says that Texas, the reason the rich people leave Texas, leave California to come to Texas, is they make their monies in California and come to Texas because, guess what? We Texans take care of the millionaires as we screw the poor, as we screw everybody else. That is what that chart tells you. But it's so hard. It is so hard for so many to understand that you're being screwed by those people who are smiling at you as they screw you. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! Out! 
We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.